MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. This is VEASAN Daily Morning Bets. Here is your host, Josh Applebaum. This is VEASAN Morning Daily Bets as we welcome you into your Tuesday, January 16th. Hope you enjoyed your MLK Day and are now on to a big basketball day on the card once again. And some early thoughts after the three remaining NFL, uh, NFC and AFC divisional Round game lines are now out. I want to break those down real quick for you guys. Just get a brief thought on where the lines have opened, where they're at now, and then get you set for our games of the night, both in college basketball and NBA. I'm Ben Wilson. Not a ton of surprises, at least with the way the opening lines have come out. At this point in the year for NFL, especially sides, the you know, the opening lines are really going to be a reflection of the general market uh, power ratings, and so not a huge shock to see where anything opened up as we get the Houston-Baltimore matchup Saturday, and then Tampa Bay-Detroit-Kansas City-Buffalo matchup Sunday, officially set in stone now that we're down to the final eight. Houston at Baltimore opens Ravens minus 9.5. For the most part, that's where we're still at. Circa is the only book that is not in line with the rest of the market right now, showing Baltimore minus 9. Biggest move so far, side or total of the three games that just opened up over the last few hours here, is the under actually 46 and a half down to 45 market wide temperatures with early weather reports. And we learned very well last week that you really have to be on top of the weather, especially if you are betting totals in these NFL playoff games. I expect it to be in low twenties in Baltimore, pretty cold, but so far nothing as far as the precipitation or really bad winds. There's supposed to be snow that moves through the area Friday, but will not be in Baltimore on Saturday I'd imagine this is more of a, a move on a big step up in class for for Houston, especially facing a really good Baltimore defense that finished top five across the board and really felt like they were peaking at the right time. I realize that might be ironic to say since Cleveland finished as the number one EPA defense in the league, and that's who Houston just torched last week, but the home run splits proved to be a real thing. Cleveland was the best defense at home and uh, 26th on the road this season, and Houston got road Cleveland last week. Uh, I don't know that I'm as in love, though, with this early move. I I, I wouldn't be running to the window just because you see uh, an early big movement here to the under. And we're already at 45, which is a pretty key number in totals from 24-21, a very common final score. If you base this closer to the spread here in Houston-Baltimore, you know, like a 28-17 type game, I would land you right on 45. So I, I, I don't really agree as much with this huge move to the under. I mean, Houston is definitely not the team, and C.J. Stroud is not the quarterback that looked exposed week one at Baltimore, putting up just nine points. 
Uh, and, and at the same time, I mean, Houston's defense improved a ton in the back half of the year, but uh, now with a week of rest disadvantage here going up against a uh, hugely dynamic Baltimore offense, I certainly have my doubts about Houston being able to completely keep uh, Baltimore under wraps on the offensive end. And it's not like I expect C.J. Stroud to all of a sudden look neutered and totally uh, impotent going on the road for his second playoff start, taking on Baltimore, Baltimore 9.5 and 45. The other games that just come out on the overnight hours here with the opening lines released, we do get Kansas City at Buffalo. Buffalo minus 2.5 market-wide with a total of 46.5, while Tampa Bay is at Detroit. Lions minus 6 across the board, 48.5 is the total. Not much movement on either of those games so far, side or total. Although I would say Kansas City-Buffalo to me is just fascinating because it probably is a full three, Buffalo minus three, if you don't have the rest disadvantage here for Buffalo. Two extra days of prep for KC because the Bills game had to get moved to the Monday game. And right now the twos are all pretty much shaded heavily toward Buffalo, and it's indicating like we might go to three. Most of the two and a halves right now are anywhere from minus 115 to minus 120, a majority of books here around the country. So I'm... <laughs> I, I am not uh, in, incredibly surprised that the books would come off of uh, minus three, even though that's where like, a lot of people's power ratings would have this at. Buffalo clearly the slightly better team based on full season numbers and get the home field advantage. Uh, how much will the Kansas City dominant performance over Miami loom in the betters' minds? And uh, how much will the previous pass per playoff performance results uh, very good in the Kansas City way against Buffalo over the past couple of years factor in betters' minds as well? combined with the extra days of rest. Casey gets two extra days here against Buffalo. I honestly don't know how much stock I really put into that. This is a Kansas City team that still has a ton of warts, incredibly inefficient, and very, very erratic on the offensive end. Got the perfect matchup and situation last week against Miami. Warm weather team who had no desire to be out there in the frigid temperatures of Arrowhead last weekend. And a Dolphins defense that was just a skeleton crew at the end there. i the fact that you're, you're getting under three here, like it's not a huge edge, but it uh, wouldn't shock me if we see a lot. You know, you're going to see a lot of interest two-way here where it's a lot of folks wanting to tease KC. That is your best uh, and really the only right now true long teaser leg up through three and seven. I think a lot of people will look to keep tease KC, probably bring down Baltimore, if I had to guess. Uh, in some way, it would be a seven-point teaser if you did that, but that would be kind of the, the popular uh, de facto teaser of the week. But at the same time, we'll, we'll certainly expect a lot of play here on Buffalo, given that uh, based on the season-long power ratings, you're likely getting a slight discount, a little bit of disrespect for Buffalo, especially factoring in the two days of rest disadvantage. have to think that's a huge talking point throughout the week. Uh, Buffalo under a field goal. Okay, that's a quick look at how the NFL shapes up, just to get you caught up there on the opening lines where the early market movement has gone there. I do have a couple games of the night, though, for those of you looking for some action on your Tuesday. Let's go to College Hoops, a top 25 matchup. We have one of those tonight in the Big 12, Iowa State and BYU. Fascinating matchup, Iowa State, an unbelievably good defensive team under head coach TJ Otzelberger, second in the country in defensive efficiency, forced the most turnovers of anybody in the country. And you get a BYU team in Provo tonight who has been just a three-point shooting machine. Iowa State two and one in league play, BYU one and two. Uh, this opened Cougars minus three and a half at home, and it's out to four or four and a half. Basically, all the market now has gone to four and a half. 
And I am in total lockstep with that move. I really like the BYU side tonight as a really good bounce back situation for the Cougars. Like BYU short shoots more threes than just about anybody. Third in the country in three point ratio. The issue is BYU's gone cold the last few games. Two games away from Provo. I went to I had a home loss to Cincinnati and then you know, went on the road. I looked really, really rough. Even though they were able to grind out a road win against UCF, it was uh, shooting numbers that were way below season averages for BYU. And they've actually fallen out of the top 40 now in three-point percentage, even though they're still chucking up a bunch of them. Here's the thing, though, about the Iowa State defense, and it's why I do like the BYU matchup as a good bounce-back spot tonight. While Iowa State is second in overall defense, number one in defensive turnovers forced, they're 10th in defensive two-point percentage, but they allow their opponents to take a ton of threes. Almost half of Cyclone opponents take their shots from deep. And look, a lot of times, it's because Iowa State just puts the clamps down in the interior, really hard to get open looks, active hands, able to come up with steals and force turnovers, get deflections in the passing lanes. So what happens, a lot of opponents are settling for bad shots from the outside that they don't really like taking. And it results in Iowa State putting up these awesome, gaudy defensive numbers. Well, Iowa State gives up a ton of threes because of the way we describe their defense, but that's what BYU wants to do. It's a total spacing type of approach. And so even though the Cougars have fallen back to earth, and I, I mean, I definitely don't agree that the Ken Palm ratings, you know, they have BYU 11th right now in overall efficiency. Uh, definitely way too high on BYU. But at the same time, this is a team that still is, uh, has several really dynamic three-point shooters. Even with these recent struggles, BYU is still a top 25 offense on the season. And you get an Iowa State D that is 145th in the country defending the three-point line this year and give up a ton of them as a result you know, it's a, as a result of being really, really stout in the interior. I like how that sets up for BYU on the offensive side. The thing nobody talks about, too, with the Cougars, top seven defense in the country. Like They're really, really good for head coach Mark Pope on D. And Iowa State's bugaboo all year. It's finding consistent scoring. Outside the top 60 now in overall offense, I just don't see where the consistent buckets will come from, uh, which you figure going on the road to Provo for Iowa State. First uh, time the Cyclones have gone there in conference play in the Big 12. Uh, that will be a big source uh, of, of a shortcoming exposed there for the Cyclones. So I like BYU in the bounce back spot laying four and a half. Very short card in the NBA, but your game of the night is in Phoenix, where of the three games, that's really the only one where uh, where there are lines widely available because of injury issues in the other games. But it's Sacramento at Phoenix. Open Phoenix minus four. We're now out to five. And I see some books, even as I'm recording here, early morning hours, East Coast time, move up to five and a half. Uh, with a total from 243 and a half. Getting bet down here. Mostly 243s. Some 242 and a halves now into the betting market. Oh, look, I, I'm not ready to be all in on Phoenix. And uh, even, even though Sacramento has had a record that's really – outperformed their weight, just advanced advanced metrically. Sacramento's basically been a middle-of-the-road NBA team this year by by advanced stats, but are still uh, fifth in the Western Conference. I'm not sure I'm ready to get there on the Phoenix Suns, a team that uh, just beat up on a bad Portland team on the road Sunday, but I just have been so Jekyll and Hyde, so maddening, 11-11 and 11 at home this season, I'm currently 10th in the, I should say, 8th in the latest Western Conference standings. They'd be in that 7-10 through 10 play-in tournament here if the season ended today. Uh, and have struggled in this matchup particularly. Sacramento's won each of the first two games, both straight up and against the spread against Phoenix. And Demonis Sabonis had a triple-double in the last meeting 
Uh, he just got whatever he wanted on the inside. And the way Phoenix's roster is set up right now, so guard heavy, you know, and Kevin Durant is that pseudo unicorn type player, can certainly help some of this, but uh, Durant is not the defender he used to be. And while he's still putting up great offensive numbers, this is a Sacramento team that with a healthy Sabonis should continue to find uh, you know, find a ton of success. Uh, reminds me a little bit of the matchup Sacramento just had. They went to Milwaukee, lost a crazy back and forth game, lost in overtime by one, 143-142 in a game where Dame Lillard made a crazy three at the buzzer to, uh, to stun Sacramento. Uh, and in a similar team like Milwaukee, who's certainly had its, had its underperforming struggles on the defensive end, bottom half of the league, just like Phoenix, uh, Kings really were able to dictate a lot of the pace and tempo uh, in that game. So I also have to think, yeah, Mike, Co- Mike Brown, head coach, ejected last game, went on a crazy tirade, pulled out the laptop in the postgame press conference, was showing uh, the hypocrisy of the officials and them not calling it both ways. You can't help but wonder, now in the next game for Sacramento, it's on the road. A lot of coaches are starting to get much more vocal, especially in these high-profile games, about uh, the disparity between between the whistles for the road versus home team with the NBA refs. Wonder how the whistles go. Maybe this is a little bit more even for Sacramento and Phoenix. Uh, so either way, I, I'm not really understanding why folks are so inclined to want to get out in front of this Phoenix number and lay points. Uh, I will I will take five and a half. I, that would be my recommendation. And it, maybe you wait. Maybe this continues to go up. But uh, something doesn't add up here. Phoenix, I get they've looked good recently, seven and three their last ten, but still a lot to be desired. Bottom half of the league in defensive rating, a 500 team at home. Uh, for a group that most thought would be a legit NBA contender and a Sacramento team that has matched up really well against them so far this season. It's a quick rundown here of the best games on the card for your Tuesday. I'll be back with you tomorrow. Best of luck on all your plays as we say so long on this edition of Decent Morning Daily Bets. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.